All right, I want to welcome everybody to a, another episode of the Brand Herald podcast, where we love talking to business leaders about building awesome brands. And um, I am excited to have Jen Short with IMB, or International Mission Board, here with me today. So first and foremost, Jen, thanks for being here. Thanks so much, Landon. It's good to be here. I am excited because you guys just did a rebrand, and it's, it's really good timing for a lot of the things that you guys uh, are working on. But before we get to any of that, I always just want to start by helping people get to know you personally. Um, and so I was kind of looking through your LinkedIn profile and it, it looks, as far as I can tell, you kind of grew up in the Georgia area, but if you, if you don't mind, tell just tell us about you, where you grew up, maybe high school, college, family, any, anything that'll help us to get to know you a little better. Sure. Um, I grew up in the deep South. If you are a golfer or a lover of golf and are familiar with the masters, I grew up in the heart of Augusta, Georgia, lived there pretty much my whole life until I went to college. Um, I went to high school at Greenbrier High School, um, which was in Evans, Georgia, just outside of Augusta, really growing and thriving area um, in and around Augusta, but went to college in Atlanta. So really um, urban college in Georgia State and loved my time there. Um, Got to really sink my teeth into learning the ins and outs of the business world and specifically marketing there um, through Um, Just really phenomenal teaching and business leaders that were coming from Coke and uh, Delta and a lot of the high high profile businesses and in and around downtown Atlanta. So loved my time there and then spent a little bit of time back in Augusta after college and then made my way to Austin, Texas. We were there for about 10 years, Uh, married a guy who had moved out um, to Texas following his growing up in Lexington, Virginia. So I have a husband, Zach. We just celebrated 12 years of marriage and we have two sweet little boys. They're such a gift. Um, They're two little miracle babies. One is Remington. We call him Remy and he, he just turned three actually a couple days ago. So it was really fun to celebrate his life. And then we have Bowen Marshall. And his, we celebrated his first birthday in October. So two itty bitty babies. Um, I'm probably more tired than I wish I was, but um, we're having a lot of fun getting to know who they are. Um, But yeah, that's just a little bit about me and where I grew up. And now we're in Richmond, Virginia, which is where IMB is headquartered. What was it like growing up in Augusta? (laughs) Oh, you know, if you grow up there, you usually can go to the masters. And so, um, but typically um, you get out of town. That's what most people do there. Um, If you're from there, if you live there, you rent your house out, it's spring break that week and you leave. Um, So you clean your house. Like there's no tomorrow. It's like the deepest spring cleaning you've ever done. And renters come in and enjoy the tournament for a week. And then, um, yeah. And then you spend spring break wherever you are. It's nice because it, it pays for your vacation. Um, so growing up there, you know, you you definitely have a love and appreciation for the sport of golf. Um, but it really does. The city really does revolve around that one week, um, which is just it's just really unique in that sense. Um, but I can tell you that there's there's really nothing better than Sunday at the Masters. So how many have you been able to go, I assume, several times? 
Yeah, I have. Um, it's, it's I've been in the lottery for like seven years and never gotten picked. <laughs> the lottery is so frustrating because they really make you think that you have a chance, and <laughs> you know. And I'm learning you don't. <laughs> you really don't. Yeah. <laughs> so that was going to be my question: is like, so a native Augusta, Georgia, uh, you know, resident, like, what's the the the, the advice has to be: you got to know somebody. That's got to be it. You know, I, I would say that's true. And also, um, my mom was a nurse. And so she actually worked the master's a uh, couple years. And so I got to go through her, which was a fun experience. Um, but we had some friends that had, um, they have, you know, the, the premium um, kind of tournament badges, as they're called. And so um, we got to go on a Sunday, um, actually one year when Tiger won and it was, it was just a blast. Well, it's on my bucket list. There's no doubt about it. I've had some friends that have gone and they said, everything that you think it is, it is like, it's, it doesn't d- disappoint. So it does not disappoint. Um, you walk in and it's just this pristine, I mean, the grass doesn't look real, you can't believe you're only paying a dollar fifty for pimento cheese and egg salad sandwiches, and um, yeah, it's it's just it's almost like a step back in time, but then just this beautiful, um, really heralded experience. Um, I love that they don't allow phones, and so you just you're there and you can be present and just really experience it, which I think is really special. Yeah, it's uh, and, and I I don't want to make the whole podcast about the Masters. I could, I absolutely could, because <laughs> I love it that much. But I'm also not alone. But one of the things I wanted to tell too, and I and I think because we focus so much on relationship, it's always good and t- to provide some context as to how we got here, how I got here to do this, uh, to record this episode with Jen. And so, um, I had known. We're in, we're actually located in Louisville, Kentucky, and I had a relationship with a company up here, and a and a lady in marketing. Her name was at the time was Megan De Phillips. It's now Megan Morris. Megan had come to work, had moved from Louisville to uh, Virginia to work for IMB, and uh, Megan and I had worked together a lot when she was here. A period of time passed, uh, maybe six months or so. She finally reached out and said, "Hey, I think I might have an opportunity to work with you again." Um, we did. Started working on some clothing for a big event in. June of 2020, um, ended up on the phone with Justin Hunt on your team and had everything planned. And then March 2020 happened and everything stopped. <laughs> and that was that was pretty much the beginning. And that is how, uh, you know, and then after the fact, obviously, everything kind of started to normalize. Events came back and then we've we've been working together a lot. And then I be, was connected to you through Justin. So um Anyway, for people listening, I I just always like to give that because I think it's always just a reinforcement of like business and life really is so much about relationships. And I couldn't be more appreciative to, you know, Megan and Justin, et cetera, uh, and, you know, the connections that they've made, and the opportunities they've sent. So. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, Megan was a phenomenal team member um, on the IMB team, and I really loved getting to know her. I was so excited that she was brought to to Richmond from Louisville and, you know, met Patrick and um, they own a grocery store now, which is fun because we can see them, you know, still around town. And we still work with the grocery store, actually. Oh, that's awesome. So I love seeing them chase a chase a dream and go all in on that. And then I probably can't say enough good things about Justin. He's um, just one of those really unique 
gifted um, mix of right and left brain um, just brings a lot of intentionality and empathy and um, just a lot of integrity to what he does. Um, He does everything 110%. And he's worked really hard to bring the brand to life um, with all of the different pieces and parts and whether it's apparel or swag or anything that can represent who we are as a brand, you know, he's been front and center of this. So yeah, he's, he's just a phenomenal marketer. He's a great guy. um, And I just appreciate everything that he does. I know that these are just a couple of members or I guess currently Justin's just one member of your team, but if it's, you know, it seems like you've done a good job of really assembling a group of great people. Um, so the next thing, before we go start talking, I want to get into talking about the brand of, of IMB and how you kind of go about building it and crafting it. Um, one thing I've kind of entered in is just to finish up the personal part of the conversation is to ask you some questions, just really more about you. And actually, I have a friend that does a podcast up in Ohio, and he does this. He calls it his Fast Five. And <laughs> at, at, at first, and I won't do five, don't worry, but at first I was... I didn't love it, but one of the things I noticed is that it was just these kind of quirky questions that I think let people get to know the person a little bit more. So anyway, the first one is, what is your coffee shop drink? I'm a little embarrassed to say, but I really love the seasonal drinks. Um, Every time it's like October or fall season, I love a good pumpkin spice latte. And then... During Christmas, just the the smell of peppermint in the air and just it just feels very Christmas. Um, but if it's not a season like that, then I'm a vanilla latte all the way. Um, just try to keep it as simple as can be, even though vanilla latte is not that not. <laughs> Those, hey, that's that's my daughter and my wife. They're 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 similar. So. Um, no, that's good. And, uh, next question is, okay, you have three hours to yourself, which may not happen very often with a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Um, but if you have three hours to yourself, what are you doing with it? Uh, I am probably going to work out and enjoy a long shower all by myself. Um, I may hide for a little bit and, and just read a book or call a friend. Um, but definitely just taking some, some time to me, which I, you're right. I don't yep. get very often. So three hours sounds like a dream. <laughs> what book or podcast would you recommend right now? Besides the one you're on? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course this one. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really enjoy Jenny Allen's podcast. Um, she's done a great job of um, just being really relevant to women and modeling, what it looks like to um, live day to day in in a healthy way, but also in a way for um, to build. Is that community. made for this? Is that what that's called? Do what made for this? Is her yeah. podcast called Made. That is crazy that you bring that up because my wife literally uh, just sent me three a, th- a three episode series that she did. Yeah, yeah. She um, she's actually. Um, a personal connection. You mentioned relationships earlier, but when we were in Austin, we got to know the Allens. And so um, just have kind of followed her journey into becoming an author and a speaker and now a podcaster. And she just, I love the way that she, she just does a good job connecting with people and building community. Final question. What advice do you have? What do you think is the key to being successful? 
you know, as a as a woman um, stepping into the business world, um, I think one of the best pieces of advice that I ever got early on in my career was um, you have a seat at the table. And so often um, we're told that we may or may not have a seat at the table and not to make this about gender or um, anything, but just believing um, when you show up um, that you have purpose, that people want to hear from you, um, that what you have to say when you sit down or you're presenting or you're meeting with someone or you're whatever it is, um, whether you're in the business world or um, you know whatever you're doing, the idea that you, you have a seat at the table and you are worthy of sitting there, you are worthy of being there. Um, and that whatever you have to bring to the table is what is needed. Um, there's just something really powerful about letting go of fear and just believing in yourself, um, especially as a woman that, um, you know, listening and responding and not only not always having to be the loudest person in the room or the one that talks the most, but um being confident in the fact that you have a seat at the table and your voice is, um, your voice needs to be heard. I appreciate you saying that. I, you know, you have two boys. I have three girls, um, 14, 11 and six. Uh, and so I do, I do think that's a really important message for, for them to hear. Things are certainly a lot better today than they used to be, but there's still a lot of ground to cover. And, um, I think reinforcing those types of messages, um, with them is really important. Let's transition and and talk about IMB. Um, so, um, obviously, probably a much larger organization than most people realize. I would I would say. You think that's fair to say? I think that's fair to say. Uh, you know, when I when I first started with the organization, I admittedly knew very little about the history. Um, I stepped in when it was the celebration of 175 years, and you think about 177 years of truly vision and mission-minded organization that believes in um, getting the gospel to every nation and tribe and people and language. Um, it's it's true to who the organization has been from day one. Um, it's, it's a Southern Baptist entity. And so we're um, kind of governed by the executive committee, which sits in Nashville and um, it, it is the sending arm of Southern Baptists for international missions. And so we send missionaries all over the world to share the gospel in really hard places. And the U.S. team is there to support them. Um, our funding comes from Southern Baptist churches all around the U.S. who um, believe that missions, international missions is important. Um, God calls us all to be on mission. And so when we think about um, work with purpose, I love showing up every day knowing that I get to help solve the world's greatest problem, which is spiritual lostness. So there's just something really beautiful about not only the company, but the calling of what I get to do as part of my job day in and day out. You know, what's one of the things that's really interesting about <clears throat> IMB is I was we'd been working with Justin for a while, but I went to um, there's a guy in LaGrange, Kentucky, which is just outside of Louisville that has a construction company. And he's a, a strong Christian guy. And he he does a lunch once a month that he calls Shine. 
And every month he brings in a speaker. And this particular month that I went, the speaker was a guy named Doug Cobb. Doug is a kind of a venture capital guy around here, but um, also very tied in with Southeast Christian Church here and, and um, very strong Christian guy himself. And he started, he wrote a book. I think the book is entitled, And Then the End Will Come. And his entire, um, he's taken a lot of, and I'm, I don't know him really well, but basically what I think has happened is he's taken a lot of the successes that he's had and he's channeling those into supporting efforts to do the exact same thing, which is to share the gospel. And that's obviously as a Christian, something that we all know is the objective. But what I never really understood was that there are people who are making that measurable for lack of a better way to say it. So, um, so Doug was talking about how, they know or they he works with organizations that have some idea of the people groups remaining in the world that have not had the gospel shared with them. They generally think they know how many there are, where they are, et cetera. And then he just happened to say that they worked with an organization called IMB or International Mission Board in gathering that data. And I went, you got to be kidding me. So I didn't know, you know, that was like, okay, this is work that I had no idea that it sounds like IMB is involved in. Yeah, we have an entire research department that is really well respected, um, just not across, not only across Southern Baptists, but really across evangelists um, all over the world. Um, we we have researchers all over the world. Our missionaries are out gathering information and insights about people groups and who they are and where they are and their, you know, behaviors and their cultural um, information and, you know, really like what their religions currently are, what languages they speak uh, as much as they can find. And that's all housed within the IMB website. And it, and it really serves as a, a really rich and robust resource to a lot of different Christian organizations in the U S. Yeah, that was fascinating to me. Um, tell me, if we could jump forward, and, and obviously a lot of these episodes that I do and really the clients that we work with tend to be what I would call fairly traditional for-profit businesses. Um, this is a different situation. Maybe you can and, – and instead of me sort of like explaining uh, kind of how you go about building the brand and some of the things that you do, um, I'll just completely leave that to you and just just kind of ask you – Maybe we'll start working down the funnel a little bit. If you could kind of define, and, and as I mentioned early on, you guys went through a rebrand recently, maybe a little bit of the IMB brand and some of the things that you're trying to do, and we can kind of work down and get more specific and then get into how you use some of the things that you work with us on. Sure. So we did this past summer go through an entire rebrand for the organization. It was really the first time that we dug deep into the DNA of the organization and, and spent a lot of time and took a really hard look at who are we and what is our position in the marketplace and why. Um, we, we never really had a true brand identity. It was always um, just the three letters, IMB or International Mission Board. At one time, we were Foreign Mission Board and when we think about a brand, it's so much more than a logo, right? It's the heartbeat of who you are. It's the why you exist. It's the who are you for and what do you do and um, what's the DNA of the organization. And so it really starts with what is that core value prop? What is that core message? And who are you for? 
And so we really dug deep and wanted wanted to create a brand that connected um, with Southern Baptists. Historically, we've really focused on the pastors of local churches, and we love the local church. We are, our entire mission statement is to serve the local church, to bring them alongside and, and um, to serve them in carrying out the Great Commission. And so we realized that especially with COVID, pastors are so incredibly busy. And it's not that they're necessarily a gatekeeper. It's just that they're tapped at capacity. We have a lot of pastors who are bivocational. And so um, their job is more than pastoring, if you can imagine that. They're either you know working full-time or working part-time. And pastoring is something that they do on top of all the other things that they do in their life. And so when we thought about how do we how do we take what we do and and make it um, relevant for who Southern Baptists are today, but even more so, how do we bring more Southern Baptists alongside our mission? And so we now think about the the pastor as the audience in addition to the Southern Baptist who's sitting in the pew on a Sunday. And um, what's true to our organization for 177 years is missionary presence and a belief that the world's greatest problem is spiritual lostness. So the brand that came out of a lot of work is, it's actually really simple. The world's greatest problem is lostness. The only solution to that problem is the gospel and the mechanism by which IMB gets the gospel to the lost is through missionary presence. I remember, I think it was Steve Jobs said something to the effect of that people think that simple is easy. And he said it's actually the opposite. Simple is really hard because in order to get to something really simple, you have to start with such an incredible array, such a, a huge mess. And I think the example he might have given was he's talking about the iPhone and when they were first trying to design it, you know, it's going to have all these buttons and everything. And then you'd go, well, you can combine this one with this one. And you don't need that one. And eventually you end up with a slick screen with a home button. But it took a lot of work to get there. Um, and I think that's true. I mean, I, I, you know, I listen to you describe that and I think about even the journey we've been on as we continue to try to refine our brand, um, you know, getting to true simplicity can be really tough. It is. And it's critical, right? Because the more that you overcomplicate your message, the harder it is for people to connect people that want to be part of your brand or are part of your brand are part of it because they feel seen and heard and known. And you can't do that when you have too many messages that are overly complex or all over the place. And when you can distill down a really simple statement of who you are and and what you're for and how you do it, then people can grab hold of that people can share that, right? You always, you think about marketing as well, what can, what can you tell someone that they can easily remember and pass on to the next person? Um, you think about grassroots marketing and, um, 
you know, referral marketing and all the kind of buzzwords that have really come to life over the last 10, 15 years in the marketing space. And it's, it's all about sharing what you care about. It's all about feeling like you're part of something bigger. It's all about feeling like the brand knows who you are and cares about you personally. Technology has come so far to help propel that forward. And so we're just at the early stages of our brand, but we're looking towards building a community of people who believe that the world's greatest problem is lostness. And we really believe that that's something that every single Southern Baptist should absolutely get behind. Yeah. And and it sounds like so, in a, you know, again, just to try to simplify, maybe for those listening that aren't familiar, that IMB becomes a partner and and or a conduit for Southern Baptist pastors and uh, members of those churches that those pastors lead in order to get involved in um, addressing the problem of lostness by getting involved in uh, missionary work in order to share the gospel to the lost. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes you hear the word missionary and you hear this idea about overseas missions and the fact that people are called to go and, and live their lives for the Lord overseas is such an amazing and incredible calling. Um, there's just such deep respect for people who, who, who can do that and do do it and do it faithfully. And, um, you know, at, at any cost. Um, but there's also really simple ways that every single person can get involved. And so no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what your role is, if you are part of, if you're a believer, then, you know, our company is for you and there's a way for you to get involved. And, um, anybody that, that cares about that mission, you know, we, we have a way that they can be part of our mission. Yeah, no, that's, um, and even just talking with Justin about some of the specific things that, that you guys do, it's, it is, it is truly inspiring. Um, some of the work that's being done. So let, so as we move down and say, you know, establishing sort of, sort of the things we just discussed, then how, let's start talking a little bit about how you make use of branded clothing and other branded materials in that process. We have the opportunity to go to a lot of events throughout the year um, that are mission-minded and Christian-based um, events. Um, they could be a missions week at a church or a uh, a college um, Christian week at a church at a at a college campus, um, but we have a lot of of different avenues, including the annual meeting where over twelve thousand Southern Baptists gather every year. Um, we have a lot of opportunities to get in front of our audiences, and when we do that, we we want to represent who we are um, well, and so. I'll take an example of the brand launch. Um, we actually gave everyone that attended the brand launch at SBC. And this, this past year, it was out in California. We took about 85 people and we outfitted every single person that went with three items of clothing that they could wear throughout the week to represent the organization and to showcase the new brand. Um, and so that was a really fun way to launch the brand externally. And then when we think about promotional supplies or swag um, that we we choose to use, um, we we tend to look at them for different audiences. So we we try to recruit and 
work with a lot of students or the next gen audience. So that 18 to 25 year old, um, we're out and about at events and we want to take them something that helps them remember us and helps keep, you know, our organization top of mind. And so it could be a laptop sticker. Um, it could be a sticker that they put on their water bottle or a water bottle itself, um, a hoodie, um, something that just helps keep IMB front and center. Um, we, we have a lot of great swag that we use to to really showcase our brand. So it's not always the logo, although we're super proud of the new logo, which is what's called a presence point. Um, it's a it's a way to bring to life and visualize this idea of missionary presence. And so we can think about presence across the world um, where we have missionaries present sharing the gospel in really hard places. And so we use that visualization or that visual mark on all of our pieces. And then we can extend it out to use um, sayings. We use the Rev 7-9 verse a lot because it's our vision statement. And so we have some stickers that say every nation, uh, but we, we try to do some rallying cries and some opportunities to get um, our brand in front of folks in a different way. No, it's good. I and uh, it's funny. Even in this, I, I I was familiar with some of the thinking behind it, but even here, I feel like I've picked up on some some additional nuances to it. Um, yeah, I, me, I will say just real quick. Um, yeah, one of the one of the ways that we've chosen specific swag is we've we've tried to use and purchase items that represent this idea of presence. Last year, when we were launching the brand, we gave um, a part of our our strategy, our event promotion was um, giving away branded blankets. And it was this idea that when you're sitting down and you're sitting and maybe having a picnic on a blanket or you're resting on a blanket somewhere that you're really taking time to be present. And so we, we try to choose items and choose pieces that represent our brand in this case and represent presence. So that is a perfect segue into kind of how I want to, you know, push across the finish line in our conversation. And that is, you know, um, one of the things that, that I have been talking about recently, I think where our industry, our industry obviously does not struggle with options. I mean, there's, there's more than enough product and options. And frankly, there's more than enough places to get them. The, I think the challenge is not so much, finding the thing it's it's how to use the thing and how to use it in a way that is consistent or supports um those nuanced types of messages that you're describing there you know that that reinforce the brand and so what i'm i'm curious about is to just maybe give a little bit of um your thoughts and you know and again i know we work primarily with justin but you're very familiar with the things that we do as well like just a little bit of what we do well and why we're a good partner for you and then maybe even at the end, I mean, if there are any things, and I say this when we do these episodes, I say, you know, I'm I'm ready for the good, the bad, and the ugly. So if there are things we need to improve on, you know, we want to know that too. But um, but it'd be good for us to, you know, for people to understand maybe the ways that we work well together. Well, I I think I can maybe sum up both of those things with a more recent um, kind of choice of product that we we worked with y'all to get. You may know where I'm going with this one. <laughs> but, you know, when we work with you guys, um, we we just extend a ton of, 
of trust and appreciation. We work a lot with Brett, who um, just has gotten to know us really well and um, just listens really well and um, you know understands our price point um, on certain things. And I think one thing that has been really impressive to us is the quality of goods that um, come from, from y'all. Um, it's like you said, the, the number or the quantity of things to choose from can be really overwhelming. And so y'all are just really great partners in helping us distill down, um, specific needs and providing really strategic opportunities and even thinking kind of outside of the box. If we say, you know, we really want to plug into this idea of presence. Um, what are some things that could represent that? And I think Brett was actually the one that came back with this idea of a blanket, which is what we ended up going with. But a funny story um, that comes to mind recently is um, we were, we were um, having for the first time in a few years, a staff retreat. And because of COVID and because of a lot of different circumstances, it had been a few years since all of the U.S. staff had been gathered for a staff retreat. And <laughs> um, we were thinking about a way to to try to bring presence to life and we, 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 um, I think Brett brought to us this idea of a s'mores kit. And you think about this idea of sitting down with s'mores, you're, you're present, right? Like you have to pay attention to what you're doing, but you're really enjoying that moment. And so we wanted to do something that felt a little higher end. Um, and we were like, man, this is an awesome idea. Like we can get a really cool branded mug. It comes with a little s'more kit. That's, um, curated with some, you know, great looking marshmallows and some fancy chocolate. And so we're like, we're all in on this. Well, then we get the pieces and there's 500 of these packages for all of our staff. And we, we read the fine print of the ingredients of the marshmallow and realize that they are whiskey marshmallows. (laughs) Well, that it's always is, the fine print that gets you. Always the fine print, right? And that was obviously very frowned upon with um, Southern Baptists, and we we realized that that just was not going to fly. And so we went to Brett, and we were like, "Oh my gosh, Goodson! Like, how in the world did this happen?" And so I think there's two lessons. One is you can always be flexible and find a way to make something work um, and make the best of a circumstance. But then two, um, really being able to trust your partner and Brett and and the Goodson team, while it was a miss, right? Like we we were like, oh my gosh, how did we get how did we get this far with whiskey marshmallows? At the same time, you guys didn't even pause for one second to, to really think about how do we, how do we fix this? How do we get it right? And, and what do we do about it? And so there was just this really good, um, real life example of what a working partnership looks like. And I, I love to think about the people and the teams that we work with as extensions of our team. And that's really important to me and our team, so when we when we talk about 
um, outside team members or outside partners that we work with. Um, I care a lot about using that language of partners and um, extending value and appreciation with them as much as we can. Um, phrases that I, I ask my team to avoid is, you know, I, I don't want to work with vendors. I want to work with partners and I want to work with people who we can get to know and trust and want to have over to, to dinner for our house, right? There's just something about working with people that you really like. And so um, we've just we've just really appreciated the partnership and the the candid nature of, well, somehow we ended up with whiskey marshmallows. <laughs> it happened, but we're going to fix it. And so a team of us came together and solved it. And we repackaged 500 uh, s'mores kits with regular marshmallows. And um, we were able to pull it off and no one knew the difference. And so it's a really funny story looking back at it. And, um, you know, it was unfortunate, but um, just this, this idea of um, really trusting that trusting the process and being flexible for whatever situation may come up that chances are there's always a solution, even if it wasn't what you wanted at the beginning. We, we, I think I joked with you when we talked about this, that I said, I called it the great marshmallow saga of 2022 (laughs) and that I I wanted to make a, uh, and I do think we're going to do this. We're going to have some posters around the office for some of the biggest gaffes, um, because, you know, my dad always told me when I was growing up, he said, you know, you never really realize much about someone that you're dealing with when things go well, because people always generally do well when things go well. It's it's when things go poorly, you know, how how do they handle it? And um, and I like to think that we're at our best in those moments. And uh, and I certainly hope that's the case. I know listening to you talk about some of the terminology, you know, we call our um, well, I mean, there are vendors, but we call it the partner series when we bring our vendors on to do a mm-hmm. presentation each month. And and when Justin came up to our live event, which we're now going to do twice a year because it was really well received. Um, very strong believer in the same thing. And, and Simon Sinek, I think, is the one that wrote the book, Start With Why. And he talks about mm-hmm. the fact that people tend to do business with people of like mind. And every time I do one of these, I think it becomes very clear to me that it's so true um, that we – will just tend to do best with people who are trying to do some of the same things within their organization that we're trying to do. Um, so, you know, I, I've really, I can't thank you enough. I know we're up against time and um, I have really enjoyed it. And I really, I, I truly appreciate you taking the time to do it because I know you're really, really busy. Um, and we look forward to being a continued partner for IMB. Before we, uh, before we finish, if you can let everybody know if they want more information on IMB or, frankly, any other things that you would like those listening to know and, and how to get to some information, would you share that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just can't tell you how much um, I appreciate you bringing us on and being able to talk about our brand and kind of how we've extended it through um, our Goodson partnership and um, hopefully I've given some good content here. But um, to connect with... Um, IMB, a, a great starting place is to follow us on social or to email um, info at imb.org. And we're um, IMB missions on social media, um, all the um, typical channels, but we post some really incredible stories of how God is at work among the nations. And so um, more information can be found there. And then if you're looking for a, a direct way to connect, a great way to get started is info at imb.org. Wonderful. 
Well, Jen, thank you again for taking the time to do this, and uh, I'll look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you.